Welcome back to another awesome episode of Millennial's Third Eye. My name is Joe. I am your friend, your awesome host of the evening, and we'll be talking about the spiritual realm and understanding your ancestors, spirit guides, and some of your past life issues. Uh, hopefully, you don't have too much of those things. Uh, also, we can't forget about our sponsors. Tonight's sponsor is presented by uh, the Death Card. Some things just have to come to an end, and hey, that's happening right now. There's more time for growth. We also have our sponsor, the Three of Cups. Got to have three to make a party. Be careful of that jealous friend of yours. Uh, without further ado, joining me is my friend and co-host and guest, Jordan Hawk. What's going on, Jordan? Not much. Super excited. Ready to change some minds. Mess with some minds. opinions. That's right. De- decluttering. Blow the lid off some things. Yeah, blow the lid off some things. <laughs> With dynamite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, decluttering the mind one episode at a time, as, uh, as I used to say. <clears throat> so we're going to be talking about spiritual stuff, as always, a uh, little bit of metaphysical. Uh, this week is understanding your ancestors' spirit guides. Uh, we're going to be taking callers for, for free readings throughout the call, uh, throughout the call, throughout the episode. And um, if you ever have an idea or topic you would love for me and Jordan to discuss on or talk about, message us. Comment on one of our social media platforms. We've got a Millennial's Third Eye on Facebook. We also have Jordan's page, A Day in the Life. And also we have a couple groups going on, uh, Gifted. Look for the owl picture when you're looking for Gifted. And Third Eye, All Things Spiritually Ascending. All things spiritually, spiritual and ascending. I believe that's what it is. So let's talk about it. Uh, where do we start with this? Any direction? Yeah, I say we do the deep dive right into spirit guides. That's a huge question that the two of us get a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to know how they meet their guides, how do they know they have guides, where do they start, um, what's the process. And a lot of people are really held back by the, like, the big bang in it. Like, oh, I should just know, or they should just show themselves to me, or why haven't they been there my whole life? So. <laughs> show yourself. What <laughs> <Right>? up, thou? <laughs> so, yeah, I say we start there. Let's just jump in head first and I bring wonder, some answers you know, to that part. I think some people want it, but they're afraid of it. Like, they're afraid of some, some crazy stuff going down. Like, mm-hmm. they're afraid of, like, the mirror falling off or someone closing the door. Like, spear guides aren't, like, going to always do those things. They might want to get your attention because you're not listening. And, like, it keeps knocking something over. Or I think a lot of people also jump right into, like, oh, is that my family member that did that? Or, right. no, spear guides will do those things. All right, so let's get into it. Um, everyone, so my name's Joe. I'm a psychic intuitive. I'm a metaphysical life coach. I also have learned and been working with uh, the, the practice called a spiritismo. Spiritismo is knowing and learning that negative and positive energies can influence us in our daily lives in the 3D world. Knowing that there's also a lot to be uh, included with that along with your ancestors and spirit guides. Now, what I was taught and what also has worked for me is knowing that we all have God-given guides. And I think a lot of people, they want to know if their, their loved one is also one of their guides. I would say yes, but it's a different um, branch. Like we got the FBI, we got the NSA, it's kind of like that. Um, we all have God-given guides that are here to assist us. And 
they are also included in the ancestors because they were a part of our lifetimes before. They've just reached enlightenment before we have, and they're here to help us while we're here learning to progress in our life. Um, now, how do, how do we connect to our guides? I think that's a big question. A lot of people want to know what their name is first. They want to know who they are. And we were just talking about this before is that this always starts from going within who you are as a person. Like how do you read someone without knowing how to trust yourself first, so to speak? You have to know what that feels like within you. And when you go within yourself, you're also going to be connecting more to um, visualization and connecting to understanding who are your spirit guides. Other people can help you with this. But one of the most important parts about this journey is really to trust yourself, connect to yourself, allow that imagery to come through in your, I, I'll, you know, it's imagination, but I like to not use that word because I think that over time as adults, we're like, oh, that's just your imagination. Imagination is like a key factor here to allowing your visualization. I also like to picture and explain that you have this projection screen in your head that is coming out your third eye. And so I like to see things in that aspect. So it's all about trusting, going within yourself. Nothing's going to really happen all overnight until you actually start putting in the work. And, it, and there's so much more to this. I want to give it a break and pass the ball over to you, Jordan. I completely agree with you. Like that's the biggest like hold up for a lot of adults is meeting guys can feel whimsical. It feels magical. It feels make-believe. It feels like you're just making things up in your own head. And so getting to a point where you're like, no, I'm drawn to this. Like even going and looking through history and like um, different times, different ages, different eras, like what are you drawn to? It doesn't even have to be like factual, even things that are fictitious, like things that are make-believe. What is it that you feel like, it just means something to you. Like there's just something a little bit deeper there and going to those places and doing a little bit more research on those things, whether it's watching more movies that have to do with um, whatever era that you're drawn to. Like for some reason I keep going to like Egypt, like if Egypt is a huge thing for you going and looking up things about that, like looking up the Sphinx, looking up like um, what's her name? Cleopatra, looking up so many different things, like who the Pharaohs were, why they were called Pharaohs, like why they built the things that they built, how those things came to be like feeling like you're really drawn to something is a key aspect to figuring out who your guides are. Once you start doing those deep dives, you start to make it really real for yourself and it feels less of like a made up make-believe thing in your mind and you can add like personal value, like personal fact to it and it takes the stress away from somebody else needs to tell me if this is real or not because you know, it's just like it almost like takes you over. Like there's just a knowing that you have that, you know, this makes sense to me. I've always been drawn to this. I've always loved this and I want to know more about it. So I completely agree with what you said about all of that. You know, the other thing I, I like to explain to people is that um, your mind is very powerful. And where, where you put your mind to and how you allow it to receive or give and, or perceive anything. So let's say for hypothetical purposes, you know, you're cooking dinner right now and you are thinking about how you're going to execute this dinner so you're putting your mind to it. Your mind is working on how to do this towards um, working on a car. Your mind is helping you understand how to go about it. Maybe you might not have the, the experience and you want to bring it to a mechanic. That's, 
But where you put your mind to and allow it to flow, and a lot of people have this perception of, well, I don't know. And when I work with people that go, I don't know, I bring it to a comfortable understanding that you're, if you keep saying that and doing that, we're not going to get anywhere. So you have to shift your mind into literally. So when I read someone, my mind does this thing where it just goes into this perspective of I'm now going to be receiving energy or um, collecting it in the sense of analyzation. My spirit guides are going to provide me with details on what's going on with this person. So if you keep thinking, I don't know, you're not allowing your mind to shift into receiving. It's kind of like, like if the, the tape, the, v, the VHS player just keeps shooting out the tape. That's a throwback there. Um, it's like, nope, nope. So you, you got to get that mindset in there, and you have to be willing to open up to it. I think a big part of this is that shifting into spirituality and to connect with anything, you have to come with your heart, come with faith, come with belief, and allow, allow this receiving mode to enter. Allow it to speak to you. Allow them to connect with you, to present themselves. And there's this overwhelming pressure that I think people put on themselves with meditation and um, I remember going through meditation once and I didn't really understand my spirit guide at the time. And one of them was um, this male and he was showing me things about his life. And I didn't know that it was him. I didn't understand who it was, but I realized later on that he was showing me about himself. And so these are things that we shouldn't pass up. We shouldn't just dismiss. We should journal about them, write them down. Um, even if it's a dream, and this is the thing about dreams, too, is that if you think about it, in the everyday life, we're putting all this mentality on. But when we're sleeping, there's most likely less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, blockage. It's more clear. So you're going to have more messages coming through or, or dreams or messages. Sometimes we don't, but it's less going on in your mind that's deflecting this connectivity. I completely agree. I talk about that a lot. Like, it's so much less scary to have a dream. Like, say, hypothetically, someone passes away, and in this dream, you're driving down the street, and they're in the passenger seat. Usually, you have this just, like, beautiful feeling wash over you. Like, I knew you've always been with me. Thank you for showing yourself to me. But if that was to happen when you were awake, and you're just, like, driving down the street and look over, and all of a sudden, like, this person that passed over sitting right next to you, that's going to freak a lot of people out. So, that like what you're saying, that removal of ego, that removal of like, why is this happening? What is going on? Just that open, beautiful connection that we have in our dream space. It helps us so much. Even being able to like connect to our guides and things like whatever you guys are drawn to, for those of you that are listening, um, whether it's Egypt or it doesn't matter, whatever it is, I keep going there for some reason. Um, even writing that down, like Joe's saying, like journaling this, write it down on a piece of paper and slide it in your pillow. I call them pillow prayers because it's like mm. I'm asking the universe to bring this information into me. I don't understand the connection that I have to it or if it's even for me. So I write it down and I just slide it in my pillowcase and I sleep on it overnight. And sometimes it takes me sleeping over it for a while and I got to keep writing it down and keep asking the same question. But nine times out of 10, there's an answer that's going to come through to you and a memory you're going to have of the dream or something that's going to make sense as to why you wrote down what you did on that piece of paper. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the important things here is trust. I think a lot of people um, try to look into how to set up an altar or what, you know, you know, books and they're trying to find things. And one of the biggest things I teach and talk about is that even, even if this is what works for, for me, 
It doesn't mean that this is what's going to work for you. And what that means is you have to learn to trust your intuition and your inner vibration. Um, it's really simple. And this is where I think a lot of people also get confused on, oh, is spirit leading me this way? Or is this, they're always in the process of helping you. Um, but also keep in mind that spirit guides are like your neighbor. If your neighbor sees that you're having a hard time and you finally call your neighbor up and say, hey, I need your help with this. They're going to go, oh, well, hopefully you have a good neighbor. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll come over and help you. They also need you to speak to them. Verbal, using your words, using your voice, using your energy is very powerful. Why do you think affirmations are used? I am happy. I am successful. Um, You're putting that out there to the universe so you're receiving that blessing later on. So you speaking to your spirit guides, all you have to know is that when you say, I call upon my spirit guides, you're already setting the, the intention and you're putting your words to it and you're automatically hooked up on the phone with them. Spirit guides, I don't know your names, I don't know this, but I need help with this. Thank you for all that you do for me. That communication, when you start to actually build up trust, build up faith, because if you have this one side where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, and then um, I'm going to see how this goes, you're going to get kind of like in the mix of things here. I don't think personally the first thing that anyone should do is go right into who are my spirit guides, what are their names. I think the first thing anyone should do is start learning to trust their inner being. When, you know, I don't like to say meditation because everyone's like, oh, meditation. I don't want to do a meditation. Just, just sit down. Clear your mind. Sit in a chair. Play music. And go in your thoughts because the inner thoughts are what are connected to your guides and, and other spirits because I like to say the alphabet, right? The alphabet are letters. Letters are vibrations. When you put those letters together to form a word, that's a new vibration. So we're speaking with words which communicate in vibration. That's the 3D physical um, way. But spirit, spirit is going to communicate through vibration in their own way. And that's why we pick up as, as empaths or intuitives. We feel it. We, we feel it. It's like, a, it's like a website. When you type in Google.com and you click enter or send, you're sending out a request. And it comes in through this platform or a packet and it loads up on your screen. So you are in that middle of that request. And so you have to be that screen that loads it up and go, okay, I trust this. This is what spirit's saying. I got to do this, this, and this. If you can't trust that, you can't have, well, not that you can't, you're, you're not having that steady communication with understanding. If spirit tells you, you need to let, burn some sage and light a candle and do this and this and this, you can't sit there and go, oh, I don't, is this really my guide? I don't know. You have to learn how to trust that and build up, build that up. I completely agree. I love what you said too, about like your words, like basically creating your reality. 
Um, something that I changed a long time ago, like things that bore me, like doing my dishes, doing laundry, driving to the same place every day, like going to a nine to five. I started changing the way that I felt about them and doing and started saying, oh, it's meditation time. Because those are the times that like my body goes into autopilot and I'm not really thinking about what I'm physically doing. That's the time that like I really get lost in my mind. So it's like whenever I'm talking about meditation with people, sure, sometimes I'm like drawn to be like, hey, listen to this meditation on YouTube and let me know if it helps you. Like just to see where they're at meditation wise but nine times out of ten meditation for me personally is those times that we just kind of check out so being able to say it and incorporate it in your everyday life on things that are just like normal for you that's where I would suggest starting with any form of meditation so it doesn't feel like it's a big thing you got to make time for or something outside of your normal meditation occurs multiple times throughout the normalcy of a day but the more that you can say it and the more that you can accept it in instead of being like oh golly I do these dishes so I can cook dinner it's like ooh, meditation time with my guys and then I'll make some dinner and whip it up <laughs> You know, you make it fun. You 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 decide that this is not my reality, and in my reality, we meditate before we cook. Like I bring my guides in, like we hang out, and that doesn't mean like, oh yeah, I'm gonna bring in, you know, Sally, Harry, whoever your guides are by name. You're just saying this is my time to connect with you guys, and I'm gonna incorporate you in the mundane of my life and my day because I want to feel more um, connected. I want to feel more magical. I want to make normalcy whimsical, and that'll help build that connection as well. I think people also worry about seeing a spirit that doesn't belong to them, and they qu- there's a lot of questions. How do I know if it's really my God? Right. And so what you can do is use your words. I call upon my, my spiritual guides. The other thing, you know, I've came, uh, come across as different people. Interesting. Um, someone had mentioned uh, once upon a time a spirit guide that was of dark energy. And there are spirit guides that come with learning the dark, but also learning the light. And we have those at times, some people do. <clears throat> but the thing is not to allow them to use the dark and to only use the light. Um, mm-hmm. Along this is that when you say I call upon my spiritual guides, you're connecting to your guys that's your team some of them sometimes what happens is that one of them or maybe more than one might need to be sent back to the light to learn more because they're not doing what they're supposed to they're not always these perfect spirits they have personality they'll learn more so we Mm -hmm. can send them back to the light and they can come back when they're ready to know what they need to do correctly um there's all these different things, but when it comes to ancestors, something I learned over the past couple of years is that number one, without your ancestors, we, you know, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here without that lineage of people. Um, and I get, I get that sometimes people are like, well, what if my uncle was a horrible person or what if this person was horrible? They wouldn't necessarily be a part of this light that is associated to your ancestors. Um, So it's not something to really worry about. And when you light a candle and you're giving them, um, well, we have the bovida. When you're giving them the water, the candle, you go once in a while to give them certain things. You go speak to them about the thing about having an altar. It's not just about having things that you want in life. Having an altar for your ancestors and or spirit guides 
is about giving your worries to them, giving them, having a conversation with them about how they can help you in your life. Um, When you work through things in your life, especially when we're going through healing processes on the spiritual journey, you're not only just healing yourself, you're healing that lineage that has carried that on. We, we incarnate into life to go through life more, to learn what it is that we haven't learned yet. And so when you're healing yourself, and I think a lot of people get this twisted and they get confused. Well, how do I heal my past life and how do I heal my answer? You're doing it mul- multiple ways. By focusing on you, you're taking care of your past life, you're taking care of past lives and your ancestors. But by working with them and talking to them and honoring them, it's giving you strength too. It's this back and forth. You give to them and they get stronger. Because if you give light, if you give light to your spirit guides, your ancestors, you're giving them strength and energy. And you're allowing them to receive that energy. And so when they receive that, they have more to give back to you. You're lifting their strength. You're lifting them up. You're giving them a corner, a representation of your, your daily life. It's a symbol and a meaning behind everything. So when you do that, you have a physical place to go to. And when you're worried or you have concerns, you go right to them and you talk to them about what's going on. What do you need help with? And that's important. And that, that will bring in believe it or not, more of your spiritual guides as well. They will uncover more spiritual guides because it's somewhat connected to your lineage. Think about it as a tunnel. You're driving through a tunnel with your car lights on in the dark. That light is coming through that tunnel more and more and more and more. And the more you go through that tunnel with the more light, more things are uncovered. And so this is kind of the same way as to your life and uncovering more understanding of your life and your spiritual guides and your ancestors. I have a question. So you were talking about um, the people being afraid to like connect to these maybe like lower vibrational beings and guides that they have. What would your advice be for them? Um, Just personal experience for me. Mm. No, I, the light beings. I don't want people to like get like caught up on that and that really stood out to me when I was listening to you talk about it. Um, knowing that you're a light being and knowing that you have a light signature, you have to know that you're in control of everything that happens to, for, with, and around you. That includes your spirit guides. So for me, just referencing this and having the lower vibrational beings around you, Joe's completely right when he says that these aren't necessarily negative things and you can send them back to the light and you can have them come be these maybe like, I don't want to call them like lower level beings working with the light, but essentially that's what they are. Whether they're gatekeepers, groundsmen, watchers. I mean, there's, there's just so many different things that they can be. The biggest thing here is to not fear them, to not fear, you know, are, are they going to harm me? What are they going to do to me? Are they going to harm the people that I love? Because when you start asking questions like that, you're starting to feed them fear. And when you feed them fear, you're feeding them power. And that's not what you want to do. You want to like, for me personally, like, because I have my own guys that are like this, um, I stand in the fact that I'm the one that's in control. Like, it's almost like being in a carriage and they're the horses and they're taking me somewhere, but they have to have my command to know where to go and what to do. Um, so 
for them, for the ones that I have that are like groundsmen and gatekeepers and things like that, they alert me to negativity. So they are still fulfilling their like um de- like book definition for what they are, what they're here for, but they're doing it in light because they're doing it to protect and to serve. Um, and they're not necessarily like they're not allowed to feed off of negativity. For me, when I'm working with them, they're only allowed to you know be in the light and do things of the light, which is alerting and warning and letting me know, hey, this is bad, or there could be some carbon here, or whatever it is that they're letting me know. It's a place that I shouldn't be at. They keep me surrounded because they understand the energy exchange that's happening around me without allowing it to affect me. It's like they are my homage of respect. To if there's negativity around me. So what's mm-hmm. your advice for people, for the listeners, for the fear association to, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know we had negative guys. Like, what, that's a thing? Like, you probably just blew a bunch of people's mm-hmm. minds with that. So what would your advice be for them? Well, if you, if, if the person has seen them visually in their mind or they step forward, um, the first thing I want to explain is that you might have, what, just for example, you might have a Native American warrior, where, you know, bow and arrow. You might have a spear guy that has a soldier of some sort with a sword. So I think it's quick to look at when you're like, oh, cool, I have this defense system, right? But this is what, this is what I want you to pay attention to. It's another defense system. And before I go into explaining that, the fear base, so – I've come into contact with different spirits that were super like negative. Like that's definitely not mine. No, no, no. But then I came across my one and I was like, wow, that's cool. You can do that. And so I wanted people to pay attention to their feelings first. I don't want you to fear having a negative guide. First of all, if it's a spirit guide and it's your guide, there's a reason why they're your guide. Um, They're there for defense of some sort. Now, think about the dark and the light. If you have spirits in the light, right, and not to say that they're not both in the light or in the dark or either or, they can be both um, in the sense of what I'm trying to explain here. You have spirits in the light that know the light only. So they're only going to pick up from that direction. But if you have a spirit guide that works both, which the goal is not to use the dark but to understand it, because there's a couple things that happen here. That spirit guy can go in the dark and go, oh, hell no. I see what's happening over here. And their defense system is for you and that guy, something to be afraid of. The other thing about that is if you have a guy that works with the dark, or I shouldn't say work, understands the dark, they know how to help people who have black magic on them or have issues with black magic or something to deal with dark energy because they see it spiritually and they know what to do to remove it with the light so it's not something to be afraid of it's it's more so the same as whoa i got a soldier spear guy with a sword or oh i have a spear guy that throws fireballs like it's the same thing but if you're excited and you know that's your guide it's not something to be afraid of it's actually something to be um embracing of because you have a guy that has knowledge to remove negative things that people might have on them as a spiritualist you might have That spirit guide that goes, hey, heads up, like, I'm catching this right now. It's in the dark, but I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me to make sure it is completely and protected. So it's more like a defense system, if anything. 
there's nothing to be afraid of. If you come across a spirit and you, you just know and feel that it's not yours and it's very dark, I'm not saying fear it, but I'm saying that's not your spirit, guys. So you know, you feel it. Everything is in feeling. When you mm-hmm. feel, if you, it's, it's simple as this. Let's say tomorrow for lunch, Jordan, you're, you're thinking about either having a salad, tacos, pizza, or sushi. And you're like, salad? Hell no. Tacos. Ooh, that feels kind of good to me. And you're like, sushi. That feels good. I do love sushi, but maybe I have, I, I have sushi quite often. And you know what? Tacos feel really good. You're feeling that vibration of that timeline. And so when you go receive it, you're like, everything that you were feeling felt good. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the same thing. When you come across a spirit, I wouldn't fear anything. Um, I would more so, if you're, if you're in a position, try to understand why that's there. Because if you fear it, you're giving it more power. You're, you're basically bowing down to it energetically. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go, oh, hell no, you, you got to go, then that's what's <laughs> going to happen. And you can find out what you need to do to remove it. So never fear anything. Um, because that's what gives it more energy. If you think about the light, right? The light, we give candles and honor our guides to the light. But if you're, if you're dealing with dark energy, fears, worries, and doubts, and, and chaos, that's what feeds that. Do you want to share um, maybe like a little story time for how you and I have personally known that something was in our energy? Like what the actual feeling in our bodies was for those mm-hmm. instances? Um, like for me, one of the big ways that I know two things will happen. One, I'll get intrusive thoughts. Um, intrusive thoughts for me are like things that I would never do that give me like a really nasty gut feeling, but I can see myself doing them in my mind. Those are intrusive thoughts for me. That means that a negative energy is around me. I need to get rid of it. Mm. Also, something else that will happen to my body is. I'll go, like, I'll be, like, jamming out. Like, you know how you feel when you're listening to your favorite, like, songs? Like, no one's about to ruin your vibe. Like, no one's about to do anything, like, negative to you. Like, your energy's big. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I'll go from that to feeling, like, really nervous, like, really shy, like, really reserved. Like, I won't even want to talk. I won't want to communicate. And then I'm, like, all in my head about all these different things. And it feels like my energy went from above me to being stuck down to the floor. I've almost, like, I couldn't, I, I don't want to pick myself up. Like, I feel really heavy. Um, so those physical and mental markers let me know that those are, that's not my fear army and that it's not something that I want to mess around with. And it's time for me to remove, to get rid of that. And I, when that happens, depending on where I am, like I'll send out an energy bomb. Like I will just plant my feet on the ground and I will picture this like warm light coming from my chest and it just boom it out real quick. And it like blows everything away from me. <laughs> so I'm like, boom. All right, sweet. Like a tongue bomb went off. I'm back in my own energy. I don't know what that was. I don't care what that was. It's not going to mess with me or my people. It's like, we're good to go. Let's keep it moving, fam. And I'll thank my spirit army for giving me these exterior things before it was something that could attach to me, something that could mm-hmm. harm me. Because the longer we have it on us, the worse the intrusive thoughts get for me and the worse that feeling gets for me. And then I'll get physically ill. So what about you? Uh, before I get into it, uh, we're going to be picking a caller for a free reading in a couple of minutes here. Uh, if you're listening, make sure you call in the number, which is 319-527-304. And make sure you press the number one to let us know in the studio that you are interested on in getting a free reading. It shows me on the, the studio line when you press number one after you call in. 
if you're listening now and you're like, oh, do I press one now? You can press one now if you're still listening. Um, this is a good topic, Jordan. I'm glad you asked that question. Now, before I get into my explanation is that, number one, negative spirits influence our decisions. So if you decide to do something and you do not feel good after or you are not happy about something or it brought you to a low vibration, something is trying to push you or influence you to do that. Um, and I'm not saying the devil made you do it. Don't, don't put that perspective on. There's, there's sometimes where it just is your choice. Don't get lost in that. It could be just you. But here's my story. Um, there's been twice so far where something had influenced me to make a decision and I was completely off my vibration. This is why we talk about really loving yourself and getting to know yourself on a deeper level. Cause you get to these points spiritually where you're like, Oh hell no. And so what happens with me is that there could be a continuous role of negative things that trigger me. And this might sound funny, but it's true. I don't know why, but there'll be these moments where I'm getting food or I'm getting like fast food and I'm already having a really negative day and ketchup will just get on my shirt or like a sauce and it will just like trigger me. And I'm like, you know what? Like I just get so frustrated, but I don't know what it is about that moment. It happened twice to me so far. It gets on my shirt and I get so mad. I go, wait a second. This is my sign. This is what shows me that there's something negative around me that's trying to do something to me that I need to do. And so I do a couple of different things. One of the first thing I do is I'm not letting this frustrate me. I pay, I, now I'm aware of it. That's a big key. Being aware that you are in a vibration like this. Something's trying to push you or make you mad or fight with someone or turn something up. You go, no. I'm not allowing this to influence me. I'm not allowing this to ruin my day. And as soon as I do that, I choose happiness. In my mind, I choose happiness. I know it sounds easy for most people, but when you get this system rolling, you're going to go, oh. So I choose happiness. I'm like, no, I'm not going to let this. So I was on a trip to go see my friend that was like two hours away. I'm already like half, like not halfway, but about to go on the highway. Uh, right away, I'm like, I need to go home. I need to change my shirt. And I said, you know what? No people usually get ketchup on their shirt. I'm sure people have done this in their lifetime, so it's not a big deal. And I said, no, I'm not going to allow this to, to bother me. And it was like, it was like, all right, I give up. And then I went away. And it's one of actually the most, the best feelings ever because you're like, ah, this is not going to get me anymore because I caught it. And you can, you know, when you're in this role of negativity and you're just having a spiral and things trigger and, and push you, you have to find a way to notice it, catch it, not fear it because you're an empowering being and just say, I choose happiness. I'm not going to allow this to bother me. It's kind of like, I'm not saying this is the same thing, but let's say you're late for work and you're like, oh my God, I'm late every day. And you're, you're, you're super anxious. It's kind of the same thing, but in a different way. No one's trying to put negativity on you. You just have to change your patterns there. But also, Choose happiness. Stop feeding that thought, that reality. <laughs> to repeat itself, excuse me. Um, noticing that vibration is a big key factor here. Even if you're not sure if it's negative things that are thrown at you, but you're just in an uncomfortable position, 
just get into your headspace and go, I choose happiness. I'm not going to allow this to bother me. And that's a whole different shift there. It's all about shifting. Because if you don't give it that energy or power anymore, it can't bother you, especially if you pay attention to it. For me, um, there's actually been a couple times where very clearly spirit said, this is what's going on. This is who did it. This is what you need to do, A, B, C, and D. And I would go to my altar, and I have special tools that I ask them questions. And that time I actually asked them, I was like, you know what, let me see if it's this other person, not the person that they told me. And I said, is it this person? They said, no. <laughs> went, okay. I said, is it this person that I heard you tell me? And they went, absolutely. And I went, oh, my God. Um, the other interesting factors here that you could catch if you are – you might not always catch it. Um, pay attention to what has happened to you the past week. Who's been around you? What things have influenced people around you? Um, you might be able to find out why, but you might not always know why or who, and that's not really always important. It's just more so you see it, you feel it, you know it, choose happiness, do what spirit says to remove it, and, and move on. That's it. I like that. I All right, like ready to take it. a caller? Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a caller. Uh, we'll take area code 201. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Jackie. I'm calling from New Jersey. How's it going, Jackie? Oh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. How you doing? Yeah. I'm doing good. I'm okay, alive. I... We're, back on the, we're back on the show. We're doing things. Great. Things and I'm happen. glad because I, I really did not like talking on Facebook. Because, you know, dealing with some issues with families and tenants and my job and everything is being communicated on Facebook and I just wanted my privacy. But, um, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, I, I, I have a question about my previous tenants who were here. Um, when they first came here, they really, really wanted my apartment. This was about maybe nine years ago. And then about a year ago, the woman started acting real strange. And I, you know, mm-hmm. found out that, you know, they went into a business for themselves, you know, um, pre-COVID. Well, they just recently moved out and left the place in a mess. The ironic thing is, I've been trying to move. Mm-hmm. And I had intended to rent out my apartment and move into my mom's house. And I just got like a strange feeling, like, I don't know if they had any idea what we were intending to do, but it just seemed like what I wanted to do, they did. And I'm still here. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure out if if there was something done that, like, you know, blocked my access, stopped me, or what, or was it just you know, just a coincidence. Your your brother moved in to your mother's house? No. No, my brother didn't. Um, no, he didn't move into my mother's house. My tenants moved in, actually moved right in the same neighborhood a couple of blocks away. And they left my apartment. Oh. They left damage in my apartment. So you're wondering why you haven't moved yet. Right, and what could I do, not only to clear the apartment, because it just seems strange. I used to tell my husband that he talked too loud, and I don't like people to know what my intentions are, 
they tried people to my intentions, it never worked out. And they end up moving, and I'm mm-hmm. still here. Mm-hmm. Jordan, you want to go first? Oh, yeah. Um, this feels incredibly positive to me. It feels like there was fear prior to making this commitment to living with your mother. Um, I don't know. Something about diabetes came up when you were talking about that with her. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be like a situation where you help um, take care of her or you are like a caretaker for her. But there's a fear association to that. And the reason this whole thing happened with this other person is because – it's like the go-ahead from spirit. Like, hey, this crazy wackadoo, <laughs> if they can do it, you can do it. And it was meant to be this, like, really uplifting thing. Um, and there's a difference in the energies as well where when you move, you're going to leave this place, like, better than you found it. That's what you do. You go in, you cleanse energies, you make things all bright and new again. Like, um, being in your energy, to me, it doesn't feel like a home is just, like, this place you go. A home has an energy to you. It has a vibration. It has It's a, a whole being within itself and that being needs to be celebrated and I feel like the displacement of energy there and the feeling that you know this idea got stolen from you is because of the chaos this person left behind and how that doesn't you know match the vibration that you have with creating these loving warm environments and like um, the way that your energy flows it kind of feels like it messes with your feng shui and that's not a word that I use very often so that must be coming from spirit family here for you um, but going through, you're absolutely right. If this is your tenant and you can actually go in there and you can um, shift the energy and get that place cleaned up and get it all bright and new, that's going to remove the block that you have to moving back towards being with, around your mother and being with your mother. Um, I'm getting a congratulations. It was the first thing I wrote down for you. There's money coming in. So I don't know if that is another part of this or if that's another issue um and i'm seeing scratch offs i don't know if that's just like a thing to me to let me know money's coming in for you if you're like low-key telling you to play the lottery um (laughs) but i'm feeling the move for you the move is coming this energy has to be um removed out of your space this is kind of like um about taking your power back going in there cleansing the vibration um doing like a complete reset on this you know tenant that you had this space that someone came in and like disrupted the feng shui they disrupted the flow of your energy and it feels like something was taken away from you um once that energy has moved and shifted you will be back on course to having exactly what you asked for and i'm getting less than a year's time for this so if you can remove this blockage it's going to help you work through this you know people stealing your ideas stealing your concepts why does everyone else get this happily ever after um a lot of these things have been put on your path to show you that it's meant for you there's just something blocking it so maybe moving forward start asking okay they got it so what's blocking me from having it and sometimes it is a person sometimes it's our own ideas sometimes it's our own mentality but i really feel like moving forward this is going to be beautiful for you um there's also something about do you know if your mother has diabetes or if there's someone that has diabetes this is important for some reason i think my my i think my brother has diabetes he does but he's the okay, one that the actually created the problem in the beginning for me. And when I took over control of my mother's house, my mother actually transitioned, and I was very close to my mother, and I have been taking care of, like, all the business that I could for the last three years. COVID slowed me mm-hmm. down last year. So I've been social distancing, and I haven't been able to get out except to go take care of the house. Right now the house is empty. Um, okay. when it gets 
when when it gets warm and I'm able to move around a little bit more freely, I do spend more time over there. And I, you know, intend to continue to go over there and get it in order so I can move. Mm-hmm. You want to? Do you want to move into that house? What were you picking up on the brother? It's really interesting to me that you picked up brother, and there's the issue with the brother and the diabetes with the brother. To me. Yeah, my, my brother was my my brother was very problematic. He he mm-hmm. created a lot of issues, and I've been I've been cleaning up his mess and a sister mess. There's two brothers and a sister that's involved. No one knows who the sister is right now, but she was like the you know the the um the scoundrel in the mix. I've been talking on and off with um one brother who seems to be very like. Very indecisive, but he's not the problem. The brother mm-hmm. that created the problem, now he's like licking his wounds. But I can't wait anymore. I, I, I use everything I could and still am doing to make sure that I keep the property. I just want to settle and move forward. And time is very you know, important to me. There's a couple things happening here. Um, you mm-hmm. are not responsible for your brother. You are not a caretaker. Oh, I know and that. Oh, I know that. You <clears throat> grow man. <laughs> you, your, your brother has some stuff that he has to go through because of what he chose to do in the past. I don't know all the details about that, but there's some sort of fear that you need to let go of. You have a fear of losing things, and you're trying to hold down two places at once. Um, the other thing is that. I'm going to put it the best way possible. I know it's easy for me to say this than, than to do it, but you, both of you, you and your husband both have to start making plans on what it, what do you need to do to move from your place to that place? Because I don't see this happening sooner than you would like to. There's things that need to be fixed, but they can be fixed as you are living there. But, if you're not making plans to do certain things step by step, what's next? What do we have to do in order for us to get out of this? Um, it's an issue because what Spirit's saying is, and this is what I'm just hearing, is that you can move in there tomorrow and start moving Exactly, Joe. I'm with you. I am so with you on that. You, you know, about a year ago you say that and you, you, you brought up my father. He just doesn't. Interesting. I don't know. Is your husband holding you back? No, my husband feels as if he has to just outright buy out this state. Whereas essentially, I already did in more sense than one. So there needs to be full, I guess, make sure that you, you you and your husband both have to go over everything. So that he's afraid. you're comfortable he's with He's afraid. He thinks yeah. that right. by the time we go to court and settle, that I could turn around and lose all my money, which is impossible. I came out of pocket. I didn't spend anybody's money. If I didn't spend my money, the house would have been taken away. Okay. Here's what you need to do to get a red and black candle. Um, if there's a botanica near you, you need to get a red and black candle. That It doesn't have to say anything on it, but if it says Allegua on it, that's great. You need to get a red and black candle, 
on a plate next to that candle, you need to put three pieces of candy, three pieces of fruit. Um, it has to be in numbers of three, three pennies. Um, you could put a cigar, a cheap cigar there. Um, but you are basically petitioning Allegua. Allegua is the owner of the crossroads. He is the owner of all doors. And you are going to speak to him because people do these things and they don't say anything. You need to tell Olegua what it is you're asking him for, asking him to open the doors so that way you and your husband can move in and, and own the home outright, safely, anything you want to add to that in detail. After three days, all of the, the stuff you put on a plate, and make sure if you put a cigar there, you light the cigar for him and blow it on uh, the candle. And the, and the candy. The candy, oh, he likes guava paste too. But um, put three pieces of candy, three pieces of fruit, three pennies, a cigar, blow on it, blow the cigar on it, leave it lit. It goes out after a while anyway. Um, after three days, you have to put all that stuff in a brown paper bag. After you put it in a brown paper bag, Cleanse it. You, you rub the, the bag over your, your skin, your arm, your face, your hair. Do the same thing over your husband. Bring that bag to a crossroads, somewhere safely that you can throw it out the car or drop it on the corner. Um, somewhere It could be in the back road somewhere where there's an intersection, somewhere where you're not going to drive past it for a week. Drop it there and let it go. But this should help with the progress to um, moving into the home. But one of the biggest things that I'm getting is this fear. And this fear has to stop, this fear of losing everything after you move in. Allegra's going to help you progress in this journey, but you have to go over everything. You have to follow up with the courts because he's not going to go until he feels safe with it. But that's what's going to help, giving that to Allegra. Okay. And I, I'm not All even right. really sure if that was my mother's Alicia, but I found something in the garage that she had in the mm-hmm. garage, and uh-huh. it says do not open it, that it wasn't good, and uh-huh. I left it in the garage. I know and I feel my mother there, my father as well, but in particular, everything that I'm doing, I know this is what they want me to do. My husband just doesn't what? know that because he doesn't believe he doesn't believe none of this stuff. Well, well, look, but I, but I everything, know everything about family, and I know family mm-hmm. sometimes is, is family blood can be bad blood. Right now, mm-hmm. stop worrying. Don't worry about your family members with this house. Let it go. But when it comes mm-hmm. to, well, in, in that box, did you open the box? Oh, no. She, the, the thing that she had a little bottle, she, it, it, it has some little, it, it has some like little, like, packages or little papers wrapped. It kind of looked like parchment. That was that was some work that her 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 spiritual father did for her as she had it in the garage. I know it was to protect oh. the property. I just put it uh-huh. back in a bag and I put it back up there because my mother had it on that property for a reason. I would never take it out. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah, I, unless fine. her godfather tell me to do it. You know, and it's it's so funny because I just recently had to do some work at the house because someone ran it, ran ran the car in the driveway and destroyed the door, so I had to put on a new garage door. But I've been clearing; I was able to clear out that 
stagnant mess that's in the garage. And I'm just waiting for my brother to come get his stuff and move on. Like, if it's up to me, it's done. You're absolutely right. I should be able to move in tomorrow. I take care of this year and then move forward. The difference mm-hmm. is my husband absolutely. doesn't see that because he feels he has to purchase it. I shouldn't have to purchase this. They already took properties and took the equity and did everything else. I've been paying for this for three years now. Plus well, follow do the do the uh, offering to Allegra, and then follow through with the paperwork. But make sure you're showing your husband the paperwork or any documents, any phone calls you have with people about the property, so that way he feels comfortable and that he can move forward with it. Because this right. fear thing has to change. But make sure you do that offering right. he's for the one, He's the one that he's the one that actually. He says I'm I'm afraid of them. When in fact, no, I'm afraid of you backing down. We've been paying everything. They can't pay anything in court. They, they've right. done. They they've already showed their dirty hands. I don't have any dirty hands. Hmm. Well, do that. Do that offering, like I said, and um, keep in touch. Let me know how it goes. But make sure you do that and talk. When you put it down, you tell Allegro mm-hmm. why you're giving this to him. What you need help with for this house. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whatever you need to put in detail. Make sure you put it in the bag, brown paper bag. Rub it over you and your husband, and then bring it to a crossroads, so that way he can shift that energy for you and shift the doorway for you. Okay. This is after it's been out. This is after it's been in the plate for three days. Yeah. Leave the candle going. Put everything else in the bag. Okay. Um, One other question, though. Um, I do have to move on to other callers. Okay. Okay. Are you Sorry going to that. list your list your information at the end of the show? If anything, yeah, I'll, we put I'll, in every every episode. Every episode we put in the the description. All right. Okay, I'll talk to you about the other thing at another time. All thank right. Thank you, I appreciate no it. No problem. And thank you, Miss. Thanks a lot. Have a great you're, night. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I like to continue to listen. But... Yeah, absolutely. You can still listen. Yeah. So that's a lot going on there, Jordan. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Um, if she's still listening, the only other thing I kept hearing was income-producing properties. That's going to be the ticket for her husband. Mm-hmm. I felt, I felt that there's still the pro- she still has other apartments, and then she was going to rent. I, I don't know, but renting the one that she's living in now when she moves out. But um, you know, when we have fear, fear can can really create this preventative growth. Because there's mm-hmm. we fear. Look, fear is false evidence appearing real. This, yes, this is why. This is why spirit was saying go over things with him, um, because there needs to be a sense of security, and fear can can create a reality. We don't want that. We don't want to keep giving into fear. One of the things I remember, and I, you know, I repeat it sometimes. I don't. I don't mean to, but it's a good story and it's true. When I was going through my spiritual awakening and I had this fear of making a decision because of the unknown. And that is, you know, the the unknown alone is like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. You know, we have midlife crises where we're like, you know, maybe quarter life crises and we don't know what's going to happen in our life. So we put fear on it. And that's like the natural thing to do. So like I was saying before in the last episode, Fear is like if you wanted to start a garden in your backyard and you have all these ideas. I want to plant this. I want to plant this. But then you're worried about, well, how much is it going to cost? 
And what am I going to do with the fruit and the vegetables? Who am I going to sell them to? What am I going to really cook with it? You, now you're putting all these doubts and worries and fears, and you're preventing yourself to even start buying wood to make the garden. Start somewhere. And then it goes closer and closer to getting clarity and, and, and doesn't block you from doing anything. It just, it just helps you get closer to it. I agree. I love that you said that, especially about the fear breakdown. Like, that's something that people really need to hear. <laughs> fear, well, you know, hold on. What was the other thing I was having in mind? Um, fear, fear is this, it's, it's the quick answer to the, un, un, what's the word I want to use? If you're not empowered and you're not confident, that's the word I'm looking for, then what's going to happen is, fear. Oh, well, there's a negative spirit, blah, 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 blah. And you don't feel confident. So you don't know what to do. You're in fear. Uh, There's the job opportunity. You think it's good, but you're not taking it right away, but you are scared because what if it's not as good as this one? So now you're in fear. It's like the quick go-to. It's like, well, I'm just going to slip this right in real quick because that's the natural thing to do. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's like it's like you asking me how my day was, and then like I'm not sure what to, to answer, and I'm just gonna go. Oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. I don't know what to look for, so fear. Um, going back into this topic, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that we go through as humans is life obstacles, like the like like this this last reading we did. Um, what's going on? And one of the biggest advice that I've received recently is that, by the way, everyone, I too am human. I go through life experiences. Yes, we are here together on planet Earth going through life's journey. Um, I didn't, you know, have my moment. And I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And where is it feeling? And where is it coming from? And someone said to me, you know, you have to make a decision. And I wasn't allowing myself to really come up with ideas, putting fear in front of it. Well, I'm afraid that I won't have anything happy or I won't receive this blessing. or I won't, But I'm not even also looking for that thing that will bring in that happiness. So it's a decision. I have to make a decision. And I think what this comes down to with happiness and growth is, like, we have to make choices. Look, if you made a bad choice, what's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing, really. Hopefully you learn from it. You put your hand, you, you mentioned it before, you put your hand on the scope, you learned not to do that again because you went, ow, that hurt. <laughs> and I'm not saying, I'm not saying like avoid love. I'm not saying avoid anything good. All I'm saying is you go through life to experience that way you grow from it. That's all. I agree. One of my staples whenever I'm doing, like, um, the mentorships and things is I always tell people, because that's something that comes up so much, like, why is everything a no for me? Like, why do I feel like I'm blocked and stuff? And I'm like, dude, no's are yeses. If you can accept things that feel negative as something that's positive and something that's teaching you and it's training you and it's taking you to this next level, it's going to revolutionize your entire life. Just because you got a no now, great. You have an answer. But what did you want when you started this? You wanted an answer, right? Sure. It may not be the answer that you wanted, but guess what? Hit the ground running because now you have knowledge. Now you have a yes or a no, and now you can shift your perspective or shift what you're doing, like, to get you to that yes. 
no's always leads to yeses as long as we don't let fear take over and we don't give up and we don't necessarily see things as a negative thing. While we're talking about fears, I love this. I'm going to bring us back into our past lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, fears, the fears that we have, the fears that we're born with, like being afraid of heights, being afraid of like the open ocean, um, being afraid of like food. I mean, there's so many different things we can be afraid of. That those are also like big ticket items to figuring out either who we were in a past life or who our guides are from that past life. Like personal story, um, I've always had a fear. Now, if this is you, I love you. Sending my love to you. <laughs> it doesn't bother me anymore, but it used to for a very long time in my life. I always had a fear of people that were missing fingers. Now, missing anything else didn't bother me. Leg, arm, I mean, hand, feet, doesn't matter. None of that stuff bothered me, but there was something specific about people that were missing digits, like parts of their fingers or their actual fingers. And this was a trauma that I had when I was a child. Like, it just scared me to death. I couldn't, like, wrap my mind around it. I would go into, like, fight or flight. I would hyperventilate. Sometimes I would even pass out. It was such a surreal feeling to me. And any time this would happen, I would have this, like, thing play in my mind that I had, like, stolen something, like a loaf of bread or something. And in punishment, I, my fingers were removed. And I still could, re- I could still feel the pop from it. Like, even though I know right now this is not happening to me and this is not real it was like a trauma like ptsd happening over and over and over and over and over again and so anytime i would come in contact with someone who was missing fingers um or had like big scars or like um not even like deformities because that didn't bother me it was like the actual missing of fingers i would it would take me boom right back into this heights have always been something for me i can't do roller coasters i hate driving across bridges um and because of that, like, I knew I fell, like, before in a lifetime, there was, and someone shoved me, like, I always get this feeling of, like, something coming up behind me, like, this creepy vibe, and shoving me, and I get this, like, you know, when you're falling in a dream, and you wake up right before you hit the ground, that feeling of falling in that dream, is actual reality, like, whenever Mm. I'm about to drive over a bridge, or whenever I'm, like, walking up the stairs to, like, get to the top of the thing to, like, slide down or whatever, that consumes me. It takes me over. So whatever your fears are that you have in this lifetime can also be the arrows that are pointing you in the direction to answer the questions that you've been asking about. Who was I in a past life? What are my past lives? Am I carrying traumas from past lives? Like, those are, ta- like, telltale signs. What are your thoughts on that, Joe? <clears throat> I, um, I agree with you. Uh, for people that are afraid of swimming because they don't want to drown uh you know that's something significant to a past life you know there's still things that i need to work on i am completely afraid of getting blood work i can't stand it i am like i don't care how old i am like i tattoos i got them that's different than like a needle going in my my vein type of thing i'm even talking about it like so (laughs) i don't know what that's around and that's something for me to go through my journey and figure out later on. Um, but, you know, what, what really cures this is putting yourself to the test. Um, I'm not saying go jump out of a plane tomorrow because you're afraid of uh, skydiving. If you don't feel safe doing that, it's fine. But like like you were saying before, I think there's a fear of heights for some reason. Maybe you fell off a cliff, I don't know, in a past right. life. But there's something significant and what we can do is challenge ourselves to stand up to it because this is the same thing with life in general. 
you're afraid of sometimes we're afraid of success we don't even realize it we're afraid of success but we want it but we're actually afraid of it and the whole point about this conversation right now is that by facing it proving yourself wrong of your fear wrong and standing up to it you actually feel that you go oh you know sometimes people have this fear and let's let's say jordan you're going to go jet skiing and um i know someone very close to me that got injured or died going jet skiing. I never went jet skiing before in this storyline, and I'm going to tell you, don't go, Jordan. You have to. It's so dangerous. Yeah. And so I'm giving you my only perspective of the fear and sadness of my, my loved one dying. You know, God forbid that it ever happened, but that's, that's what happens. And so mm-hmm. until that person really experiences being on one, or, you know, what it's like. This isn't as bad. I don't know why that had to happen to that person that way, but this isn't bad. You could be safe on these things. So kind of like that. But at the same time, when it comes to past life stuff, um, if there's something significant that, like you said before, crossing a bridge, um, look, who knows what it could be? It could have been your past life where you crossed on a bridge and all of a sudden you got ambushed and you got murdered. We don't know, right. but uh, there are magnificent people out there that are gifted in past life regressions. But when we're talking about this right now, there are for there's some reason that I am afraid of, and I can't stand blood work and needles and all that stuff. So I don't know yet, but we have to face it. You know, I did it the other day because I had to get a checkup because my girlfriend wants to make sure I'm okay, and. Uh, put myself through it and I'm not going to say I was completely uh, a man about it. I'm not going to lie. I was not, <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have so many messages about that for you too. Like I totally want to go there with you at some point in time. Like that's yeah, going to be okay. awesome to do that together. I would love that. Help me work through it. That's why we have people in the world. Help us learn more about ourselves. And um, I don't know why I feel like saying this, but, we get readings sometimes from people, and this is really important. Try not to always go with this intention of I want to hear about my relationship and I want to hear about this. You might hear about it, but one of the most important things to remember when you're getting a reading from someone is that they're giving you guidance on your life. They're, get, they're mm-hmm. giving you a heads up about what's going on right now with your life, um, things you need to work on in this life right now. So it's not, it might be significant to the relationship, but they might be saying, hey, you've got to love yourself more. You want this to work out. I think in the last episode I said it without the caller, and they actually messaged me, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I just said it. I don't know who this is for, but you're, whoever's listening, you know, you have to stop focusing on that person because you want things to progress so quickly, but what you're, you're putting too much focus on that person, so therefore you're not, you're not loving yourself. Take it easy. Take it slow. And so my point about this is that, you might hear about things that you want to hear about, but don't be upset if it's not the way you want to hear it as well. Um, it's, it's really important. Past life stuff, you know, we're talking about relationships now and past life stuff. I think this is, this is a good topic that people get lost in. Um, meaning knowing someone from a past life or did we have a relationship in the past life? But what are your thoughts about that, Jordan? Oh, I have so many. This is, like, such a great topic. We should actually do, like, a complete podcast on that because I could talk about that for hours. Well, we are, we are doing style. a twin flame coming up. 
So we could totally roll that into um, ancestral things, like having the same mother or father from past lives, like how that can be incorporated in like karmic bonds and karmic connections and like past life connections and righting wrongs. And there's um, soulmates from past lives. I mean, there's just so many things that, you know, can be carried over into these lifetimes. Something that's important to know too is just because it happens in someone else's current state doesn't mean that it's going to happen in yours. Like we are individuals. We are on this path to learn what our path is. And I feel like a lot of hang up comes in. Oh, I mean, that's so cool. Like their mom's their mom. I want my mom to be my mom. And what are we working on? And not everyone's going to have a reading like that. Like not everyone is going to have the exact same experience. Like the world would be so boring if like literally the same thing happened to all of us. Yeah. Like there wouldn't be any flavor. There wouldn't be any spice. There, we wouldn't learn so much in such a short period of time if everyone was the same. So I want to <laughs> go back into what you were saying about being completely open-minded, you guys. When you're getting readings or, like, you're reading someone else or you're helping someone or you're being helped on your journey, try to be as open-minded as you possibly can about, you know, what is coming through and why it's coming through for you and how it's important to you and your journey. It's about being different. Be as unique as you possibly can be. Silly and crazy and as awesome as you possibly can be. Yeah, I don't know why you made me think about, like, someone going through the drive-thru. They're like, man, why is every day so perfect? I would love to just have one day where something interesting happens, you know, could be like a little issue with my car. Like, every day is always perfect. Like, I, I don't know, this, this parallel universe of reality where, like, people just, wish that um, something like, not tragic, but like something would disrupt their day. Be like, oh, my God, I got a flat tire. This is amazing. <laughs> Did you ever watch The Good Place on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, Dude, remember? And like when they went to that one reality, like the heaven reality, and that's what they were talking about? Like everything is so good here. There's no bad things that happen. Yeah, no, I remember I hate that. these perfect days. <laughs> I love that show. All right, let's take another caller. Um, we'll take area code 520. Uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Um, Jatoya in Tucson, Arizona. Say your name again? I couldn't hear you. Jatoya. Jatoya. From Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> all right girl okay so um, i know her so i'm gonna let you gear this one <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here he's he's done a v he's done a reading for me before too oh okay 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 i don't know why the first thing that hit me was um like a reading books or something but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily reading books for knowledge. That makes sense. Yes. Mm. It's. I feel like I'm trying to practice my spirituality, like, and I'm trying to learn more about myself and where I came from and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm. The other thing that spirits tell me to tell you is that you, uh, it's not, it, it, I don't know if you do this daily, but, try to not be so concerned about protecting yourself because it's like, it's like having a shield on going, I'm going to make sure I protect myself today, but you, you already have the shield on like, you're good. Like I, you focus too much on uh, protection for some reason or other people's negativity or just maintain it the best way possible. <laughs> but you don't need to put this pressure on like, Oh my God, did I carry my crystal today? And did I forget this? And I got to make sure I light that candle. Like don't overwhelm yourself. 
You already have this protection on. The other thing that spirit says is that if you feel like you shouldn't read someone, then don't read them. If you have plans to read someone, it doesn't work out, then that's fine. Um, that's what usually happens sometimes too, is that it just doesn't work out. And spirit's like, nope, not today, not today. And after like the third time, if it doesn't work out for me, I usually go, oh, well, listen, we're going to have to cancel and um, I can't read you. So work it out. But, you know, you have this, this spiritual team that's working with you. And what they're also telling me is that you don't really ask them enough questions. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I ask the same questions trying to figure out if they can give me different signs from, but I feel like I'm, that's what I'm kind of learning about is what questions to ask, mm-hmm. what other things can I do? Because it's all about, you know, how you ask uh, to at the end of the day. This, this is what Spirit's also telling me. And I want you to know right now, Jordan doesn't tell me everything. So I don't want you to think that I knew this because Jordan said this. Um, there's something about learning to trust yourself and not follow other people. Other people can be awesome teachers, but you really need to learn on being your inner consciousness. When you said to me, I'm trying to ask for signs, I heard them say, no, we're tired of signs. We want her to listen to what we have to say. So what that means is they're not mad at you. What what this means is (laughs) they want you to start learning to ask the question and then listen to what they have to say, because you're going to pick up so much more when you listen to them in your inner consciousness. And also when you give readings, you're going to look at the card, you're going to see the card and you'll know the meaning and go, by the way, my spirit guides also tell me that you have to stop doing this, this, and this, because you need to learn how to listen to them. Stop looking for signs. That's funny that you say that because for my rebel deck, it says like one of the cards I always pick for myself says shut up and listen. So that (laughs) funny. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Um, okay. This is something I work with people on. Uh, I call them the mentorship sessions. I work with different people on – everyone's kind of different in their own way, so I challenge them and explain to them what to look for. Because spirit guides and ancestors and family and friends and on the spirit side, they don't have a microphone. They're not going to go, hey, Jatoya – this is your spirit guide. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to go within yourself to go, wait a second, that's not, that's not me. Spirit was saying that. And that's a challenge to people who start learning to do that at first because <clears throat> this is why they call it a mundane task. When you're doing something that's so mundane that you're so used to doing it, all of a sudden you get a message in your head and you can't avoid it. And you hear or see spirit or your family member and says, tell so-and-so this, or they're trying to tell you that. You know it's them. And the reason why it's a mundane task is because your mind is spinning, and you're like, oh, this, this is easy. I know how to do this. You, you might be making something. You're like, oh, I'm doing, I know how to do this. Back in my hand. Also, when you're physically in motion with your hands and you're active, I tell people you can shuffle your cards constantly and start asking your guides questions or ask spirit questions. I call upon my spiritual guides. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know more about this. And keep shuffling the cards. It's not about the cards. It's about keeping your hands active. Why? Because if your hands are in motion, your mind is busy focusing on the hands, so it opens up to intuition. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. But for you, what Spirit said is that 
stop looking for signs. You have to start listening to what they have to say and work on the inner consciousness, the inner voice, and meditating or relaxing and allowing them to speak to you. I know it's challenging, but I know that you can also do it because if you didn't, or no, if you couldn't, you wouldn't have started this journey. The other thing that they're telling me, oh, yeah. I don't know your relationship status, doesn't matter. You have to stop focusing on love. Right now, this is not about love for you. This is about you, learning who you are, learning what you are about, learning where you're going, learning what your spiritual gift is, learning how to use your spiritual gift, learning to trust yourself in that path. This is what's important right now, not focusing on all this other unnecessary stuff that isn't important at this moment. Okay, that makes sense. The other oh, you're thing blowing that, my mind right now. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, Spirit, not me. The other thing that Spirit wants me to also <laughs> add to this reading for you is this. You really need to learn to trust who you are as a spiritual person. Because what I keep hearing is that, what does this mean? What do you do with this? How does this happen? What, what should I do about this? What, is my, what does Spirit say for you about me? What does that card mean? You have a lot of questions, but you have to learn what spirit is saying. I haven't pulled a card for you yet, and I'm not going to. I don't need to right now. But you have to learn to go and ask your spiritual guides, not ask someone else, because you have a bunch of spirit guides that want to teach you about all that you want to know. But no one else is going to teach you that unless you ask your spiritual guides themselves. You can go to people for spiritual advice and they give it to you. But they're basically telling me is that stop asking other people. You won't know yourself better than anyone else. That's what that comes down to. That's funny you say that because I've been telling myself that, like, in the back of my mind constantly. And, can I tell um, you something else? <clears throat> hmm. You just gave me confirmation, and I want to repeat what you said. You said, I've been telling myself in the back of my mind, sweetie, that ain't you. That's spirit. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. That's what I I want you to start (laughs) learning that in the back of your mind, that's not always you. Okay. Don't be so, uh, I didn't mean to put so much pressure on you. Lighten up. It's okay. No, 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 no. Why not pressure? That's that's not why. Yeah, no, it's not that at all. It's I kind of chilled out a little bit, so my vibes are just a little chill. That's all. (laughs) And you, you have a spirit guide that I really, quite honestly, don't know what to put into words. She is of African descent, but she keeps jumping from left to right in different positions, going, "Ow." Almost reminds me of the Yerisha Oya. Um, there might very well be. Um, but what I get from that is that you need to slow down. Slow down. And this is what happens to people consciously is that we get so worked, even with meditation, we can't get any messages if we're, our mind's all over the place. We have to learn to clear it and just slow down. Let it come to you. Feel it. That's why we focus on feeling and what comes into your consciousness. What are you being directed to do today? I feel like every morning you should really do this somehow. 
have your coffee, have your breakfast, whatever you do, get ready, and then purposely spend 10 minutes on meditation and clearing your mind and what comes to you because this is what's going to help you really succeed more. Well, um, now that you've brought that to my attention, like with the things that are in the back of my mind, that's usually spirit. There's been a couple of things that have been, you know, at the back of my mind that I feel like could be really good projects, like kind of um, things like you're saying to do in the morning. So that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Projects are good because they, if they're, if they're exciting to you, they raise your vibration. If it raises your mm-hmm. vibration, this is important. This is a good point. If you want to find an answer to something and you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and you go do something that is happy to you, it could get a haircut, it could be a project, it could be a puzzle, it could be going to get lunch. The whole goal is to let go of the thought. Go do something that makes you happy. And out of nowhere, you're just going to go, oh, that's what the answer is to that problem. That's another reason why you should probably be doing projects. And I, I bought a little boat. It's a puzzle. It's like a model ship. And I started painting it. And I was like, wow, my mind is blank for the first time. Like, it's, like it could relax. That's the point about that. Um, what else was I going to give you confirmation on that you had said? I forgot what I was going to say. Ah. But there was something else that you were saying earlier that um, the spirit? I wanted to give you confirmation. I have no idea. My mind went, my mind went blank. It'll come up. <laughs> but, yeah, you're definitely giving me lots of confirmation for sure. Oh, it was about resting and um, – <clears throat> you know, not going so much. Um, I had a feeling that if I didn't, spirit was going to probably end up making me get either exposed to COVID or get COVID or something like that where I have to be seated and have time to actually think about this stuff, and literally it happened. So I'm going to use this time as to maybe shed some more skin and stuff and Try new habits like you're you're saying and stuff. So. COVID, you know, one of the biggest things about COVID that people don't, people who aren't spiritual aren't going to understand. Besides, I, I have my own political views on this, and I'm not putting politics in it. One of the biggest reasons why COVID happened was for people to start focusing on themselves, focusing on God, returning to God loving themselves and really asking what they want in life and stop complaining and doing the same things over and over. It forced people to do exactly what you're, you're saying, paying attention to you and letting go of what having. So a lot of people are like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Well, guess what? Now you have time for it. So I'm not saying that for you, but you're absolutely right. (laughs) This is the time for you. This is time for you to focus on you. And if it's going live and doing readings, that's good too. Questions and learning to just clear your mind. All these little things add up. So my point to this reading, and I want, I want to leave you with, I don't know if Jordan wants to add anything, but everything that you hear in the background has been spirit in your guides and, you know, maybe family too. So pay attention to that. Listen to it. Feel it. And don't avoid it because they're, they were warning you, hey, if you're not going to listen to us, we're going to put your butt right in that couch and you're going to have to be forced to go do all this other stuff that we keep telling you to do anyway. 
Yeah. They do that. I agree. They'll do that. They don't. I know there. Yeah. You know, people think that. Oh, my spirit guides are of the light. They wouldn't do that to me. If it's going to cause oh, you yeah, a no. benefit to learn the hard way, mm-hmm. they'll do it. If it's going to mm-hmm. save you in the long run with a relationship, they're going to have you avoid that relationship. You're going to not be able mm-hmm. to go hang out, or you're not going to be able. They're going to make sure that you can't go out. If you were to avoid, uh, God forbid, a mm-hmm. car accident. And you keep asking them, protect me, keep me healthy. Oh, yeah, they're going to do that. So, you know, don't don't mistake those little things, especially if you heard it and felt it and then that happened. Don't be upset about it. Mm-hmm. Just know that they're just trying to help you and, and give you a, a heads up. Like, look, now now you have this time and this is what you're going to do and you should do. Stop avoiding it. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are, like, you're welcome. so amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. I wrote down a lot of the same stuff that you said. That's why I was like, yeah, you're doing it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, for her, it was like the knowledge versus the knowing. Like the textbook, that has to go. That was one of the first things I wrote down. So the fact that you opened with that, I was like, wow, yes. Like that is such a hang up right now. Like there's only so much you can learn by reading and like paying attention where it starts to become damaging and it takes you away from the connection that you have. It takes you away from your intuition. It takes you away from your individuality because then you're learning from someone else's perspective and just their perspective alone. And then you have this duality versus individuality. And that is something that I feel like she's struggling with hardcore right now. Like everyone around her is getting a lot of answers about what their gifts are, how to use them, who they are, like, even like the textbook definition of who they are in their spirituality. But for her, it's like, why is this a gray area for me? Why can't I figure it out? Why am I not like them? But it's the same thing that I was saying before. No's or yeses. <laughs> you got to figure out who you are, which is exactly what Joe's been telling you this whole time, um, and what the differences are between you and these other people. And you can't let these things be like the blockages, like, oh, well, I don't see it that way, so I must not be able to channel spirit. Or, oh, well, I don't feel that when I pull cards, so I must not be able to read tarot. So that's not what spirit's trying to show you. They're trying to show you your own unique connection to these things that you can do. It's just different from the people that are around you. There's something else, too, that spirit wanted to talk to you about, and it has to do with the um, karma that comes from our parents. I'm seeing, like, the DNA lines here. Um, Um, And there's a difference between you and your sister, and it's a very huge one, where your sister is dealing with the karma bonds from the mother. You're dealing with karma bonds from the father. So your stories are going to be very different while they still parallel and you're both still very spiritual. Um, Her connections are different because of the things she's having to overcome. It's like, you know, the sins of the father become the sins of the child. Not Mm -hmm. always. Like if our parents heal things, they don't become our things to deal with. But what I'm seeing here is, that's where a lot of things are coming to a head between you and your sister is that she's dealing with karma from the mother and you're dealing with karma from the father. So just having that knowledge alone and like seeing the difference and the separation with you guys with just that, I feel like it's going to do a lot for you on your journey. Um, and then the, what you were saying about, you said, hold on yourself, that voice in the back of your head. I've done readings for her before where she's like, Um, because her mother has transitioned, her mother is in spirit, where Mm -hmm. she reacts to a situation in a way that her mother would have. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I know that was my mom. I know my mom came through and, like, you know, helped me handle that. And I'm like, yeah, that's your mom talking to you. Like, she literally kind of, like, you're channeling her. She kind of takes you over, and she gives you this confidence and power to stand in those moments. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to know you're a direct channel just being able to do that. So I just want to validate for you, Joe, that everything you said was spot on. It was amazing, and my mind is blown. Thank you. 
Well, you're awesome as well. I want to remind everyone, um, when you ask your, your ancestors, family, friends, spirit, and spirit, and your guides for help with something, um, don't be surprised if there's times where you're surprised that – don't be surprised that there's, like, this uncomfortable shift and change that happens. You're like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. That's also because they're probably – they have to bring you on that path because you're asking for it. And that's why they're bringing you. There's, there's this uncomfortable motion. There's, there's a change. Change has to happen. So I think a lot of people, when they ask for something, they, they're expecting, like, um, this easy route. It's just like, oh, here it is. Bam. And that happens sometimes. But there's sometimes we have to – something has to happen in order for that to come in. And I just – I don't know. I felt the need to talk about that. Um, we're going to take a quick musical break. We're going to play a song. And we're going to come back and take a couple more people for some readings, um, maybe talk a little bit about this topic. And, uh, Jordan, you want to add anything to that? No, I'm good to go. All right, we'll be back in like three minutes. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't. I've been looking at the stars tonight. I'll be a dreamer till the day I die. 
All right. Thank you for uh, taking that quick little musical break with us. We're going to be getting back to a couple more readings in the, in the next couple minutes. But, um, Jordan, without any, you know, no pressure or anything, like anything that, regardless of the topic, is there anything that comes to mind that you just feel like you, we should just talk about or share? Yeah, like, I want to get into the birthmark thing. Star next to it. I wanted to get into the birthmark thing with the past uh, lives and like that being like a portal to like more answers to like traumas for the past and like the reason that past lives are so important to me is because I really feel like a lot of our dominant guides are answers to who we were in past lives. Like it's either who we were or um, maybe they're like a guy from that same timeline that we had before and they came back to help us again because we're learning something that we didn't either finish or do the right way in that lifetime. Um, and the birthmark thing, like this, I've never talked about this before, literally ever. So this is going to be fun for me. That's awesome. <laughs> but since I was a little girl, I always would tell my mom, my brother has a pink birthmark and he has it on his kneecap. Mm-hmm. And I would always tell my mom, mom, it's so crazy that he has that birthmark there because that's how he died. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? Like, I used to freak her out a lot when I was little with the stuff I would say. Oh, wow. But I was like, no, man, he was like, he was in a war, and he was running, and he stepped on a mine, and it blew his leg off. Like, sorry, oh, that's, like, really, wow. like, descriptive or whatever, but, yeah, and then my brother was like, we were little, like, probably, like, six, seven, I'm only two years older than him, so he was little, too, and he would always be scared of running through our backyard. I literally just now pieced that together, like, because we would always, like, play tag, but he would always want to play in the house. He wouldn't want to run around with me outside. And I'm almost wondering now if that's why, because of the trauma that he was carrying over. And the fact that it was pink, like, that's very fresh to me. Like, that's a fresh wound, like a fresh scar. Um, like, maybe he passed in that lifetime and, like, woke up in this one. You know what I mean? Um, I, um, because I – go ahead. So I'll talk I, about this forever. During my awakening, <laughs> I had a very profound dream, and it was so real. And all I remember was there was this screen, and there was a circle as, like, the mouse. And it was almost like when you click on it, it was, I knew like there was a tattoo, like there was, I was being, um, and I I knew it was me too. And the weird thing was, was that it was a triangle of uh, birthmarks. And so the top one was darker. The bottom left was darker, the same as the the two. And the third one was still light. And I woke up and I was, I was talking to my friend. I I was like, I know it's on me. I'm going to find it. Kid you not. I was on the phone with her. And I looked at my arm and I found the exact triangle. And what was weird to me was that in each in-between triangle was a thin, precise line. And I was like, well, I'm either alien or I was abducted or I'm a part of the team. Either way, it feels positive, so I'm with it. But um, that's what comes to mind, too. See, that's incredible. And that takes me into the whole portal side of it, like coming here with that information to know where we were the last time that we had a consciousness, like we, like the recollection of that and the fact that it took you right into the extraterrestrial realm with the celestial realm. That's, that's so much more information. Like that's so cool to me. So I had a dream I've never too. talked about this before to anybody. So <laughs> I had a dream and I think this has to do with a past life thing. Um, it was, it was, it wasn't just a dream. Like I had, like, it was deeper than a dream. It wasn't just a vivid dream. It was like so real. And, um, there was these two ships that like one collided with the other, like it nudged it and they went to war and, um, and it started to affect the planet I was on. Like, I was, like let's say we're on earth and 
I was in fear, like on earth freaking out because the, the, the plan, our planet and this dream went out of orbit. Like it wasn't in, um, it wasn't stationary anymore. It just kept falling. And there was these black machinery robots trying to, it was crazy. But, um, I think there was a past life with, with, uh, I want to say light being lineage that take it over or it was a war. It was very odd, but it got to the point where there was like three days that went by and it was, it freaked me out so much. I think I asked my dad, I was like, did you have any like alien dreams at all recently? He's like, no. And I went, okay. And I had to ask myself, I was like, that was real. Did I forget? Like I almost had like was forced to forget about the dream. It was very odd to me. Hmm. That is. I've definitely had dreams like that too. Mine had to do with um, these beings that had like um, like uh, animal features, very animalistic features. Like I remember in the dream, there was this like lion that was standing upright, mm-hmm. and he was like leading this part of an army. And then there was another like panther that was there. I posted all about this in Gifted. Like this happened mm-hmm. to me about a year ago, and I was asking people like, "What planet is this?" I know I went to this planet, and I got called back for some reason. And they were talking about how they were like warring with another planet and this other planet had already taken over two planets that this one planet was like protecting. Um, and I posted all about this. Like I did like a live about it. I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to get back there. Like, I don't even know how I went there. If I got summoned or like, it's going to be mad Narnia vibes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like what closet I went through to get there. Like I was trying to be funny about it, but like, I still think about that to this day. Like, did they win? How do I go back to know? What, what more do I need to know about it? So that's really unique that you even have a marking on you to like even meditate with, like even like draw it yourself and sit there and look at it and like go into that empty space in your mind and see like, you know, what happens, like what answers you can actually get about it. I don't know. I've always... been doodling these things for a while, like trying to draw the animals and stuff and even watching Narnia to like build a bridge, like build a connection with this. Like, Hey, I got the call. I'm here. Like bring me again if you need me. And then I tried to just leave it at that. What um what kept coming to me was this holy trinity, and I, I still don't know everything about it. Something about the three, and um, and um, what else? The other thing I, I I came across in my life so far is that I thought that my main spirit guide was just a spirit guide, and I had met um someone. I didn't even know the guy was a past life regressioner, and. We were actually doing a live radio show at my friend's spiritual shop, and he was on Zoom with us. And uh, she, my friend Diane was like, you know, I think his name's John. So, John, have you met Joe? And he's like, no. And they kind of like spiritually went back and forth. But like, and he looked at me and went, all right, let's do this. So, Joe, this is who you were in the past life, but this is actually a spiritual guide now. He's protecting you, and this is what he does now with what he had then. And I was mind blown. I went, no way, this guy. Like, how did he know all that? Never met me, didn't know anything about my, my guides and stuff. So my point is um, we do have sometimes a spirit guide that is associated to our direct past life, and they are now so – I know this is confusing to some people – then as a spirit, and we're using that those tools in this life. And I think for those people – and this is just my thought. This is not my, my spiritual opinion. It's my, my thoughts is that there's people that have uh, volunteered 
to come back to Earth or volunteered to help planet Earth at this time frame for this reason. This is probably why most of us are like, I'm tired of being here. I want to go to this place or I want to go to this cool, you know, I don't need to be. I'm tired of sitting in. And this is all the spiritual awakening science because we're, we're woken up to remember who we are. We have, it's not like you wake up and you're like, oh, wait, this is who I am? Like, you have to go on this journey. Like, you signed up for it. So you have to remember who you are. And I think that when you have a past life guide that's now with you in this life that is simultaneous, I think it's more so to do with your journey in this lifetime, um, but also to help you evolve as a, as a human. So that's my opinion about that, from my spiritual truth, you know? I completely agree with that. I love the way that you explain that as well. Like, even for me, like the story I was telling at the beginning of the podcast, and I was talking about the whole fingers thing and, like, bringing it over into this lifetime and knowing that in this lifetime I'm never going to feel anything. Like, um, I don't have it in me to do that this lifetime. It's like pre-programming, like coming here. Like, I'm just never going to do that. And then having the triggers and the traumas from that lifetime is like um, a reminder of, you know, the fact that I need to, you know, be happy that I'm actually taken care of in this lifetime, that I'm cared for, that I'm financially stable, that I don't need to go the route of um, not necessarily begging, but like, needing to feel something to provide for myself or to provide for my family. Like there's so much more that goes into it from that past life. Um, and it's, it's the thing, the light and the dark and all things like you were talking about earlier as well. Mm-hmm. So being able to have this knowledge, like even the knowledge that you have of that extraterrestrial um, realm that you are in, that you came from and like, what's the, the positive, the, the dark and the light from that. And like, what are you, how are you using it here? What's the duality? Like being able to answer those questions is going to be like mind blowing. And I love the story that you told about that guy too, the past life regressionist, because for me in spirituality, like I don't ever like have terms for things. I just go places and I do things. I do these readings and then people come back later and they're like, Oh, that's so crazy. This is what I learned about myself. And then I wind up learning that, you know, oh, my gosh, I picked up on something from a past life, or I was able to do this, or I was able to do that. Um, but it's really incredible being able to connect with those people, like this John guy that you're talking about, and seeing how his mind works, like seeing how he's able to, like, just see into that or to look into those things. Like, it's so incredible to know that, you know, connecting with him can even open a door for you, for you to be able right. to do those things. Right. Like, it's a whole perspective shift to change, you know? I think it's important to find someone that um, either someone has went to or you trust and that you've come across to do like a past. I think those are important because it helps you better understand why you're here, what you need to learn more about. I've heard different stories about past life uh, regression uh, readings, and they're definitely um, significant to, you know, there's things also quite interesting how everything works i'm not trying to promote uh religion but my religion uh is santeria and in santeria they have what is called the ita so when you're getting initiated and you go through steps there's a uh ita which is a full reading about not full but it's a general reading through the orishas of what you need to be careful of what your prohibitions are some people are told that they can never go swimming in the ocean again and the reason behind this is that, you know, it's not that the Orisha is um, taking it away from you for a reason of, of negativity. They take it away from you because it can prevent something from you in your life. There's sometimes you might hear in it that 
the person might not be able to ever ride a horse. There's, there's many meanings behind these things, but one of the things I remember someone I knew uh, spoke about that they couldn't go into the water and they had a past life reading and it talked about something about water uh, and swimming in the past life and it all coexists. It all connects. So there's all these little things that mean something. So when, when you get a reading that says, like, such as the Yita, it says, um, stay away from this or don't ever go here. Don't go. It's not just like for nothing. You know, they tell you not to do it. There's actually sometimes certain foods that they will take away from the person for the rest of their life only because that specific food or multiple foods will be used to help them illnesses they may have in their lifetime. So why would you eat something that will actually benefit you and your health? So there's all these meanings behind different avenues of perspective. Um, So past life, if there's things that you are not allowing yourself to do, there's fear-based, but there's also the perspective of don't do this because it can cause this because it happened in your past life as well. There's all these deeper meanings to it. Um, I think it's a wonderful topic. It's not something that we should shy away from or be afraid to learn about who we were in the past life, whether how grand or I think a lot of people hope that they were kings or queens. <laughs> you know, we're, listen, we were humans. We're human in the past life. We did something in the past life. We might have did some bad stuff that we have to learn from. Karma. Karma is a past life thing as well. And um, we have to work out our karma. And I think what I've learned, and this is my perspective, my, my spiritual advice, is that when you start to spiritually awaken or ascend, um, you have gone through the karma. And karma is more so things that you have to experience or live through um, to then be able to grow from. It's like something that you're dealt, like you, had, you just have to do that um, until you start seeking certain things. But it navigates you to raise above it. But karma, karma is a, is a, a past life thing. It's something that we have to learn. It's, it's not something we also just have to experience, but we also have to learn how to release it or let go of it or give forgiveness or let go of jealousy, let go of envy, um, let go of retaliation instead of just going with it and going, oh, this is how I feel and this is, you know, I'm just going to let it go. We have to learn how to make peace with these things. And listen, I know it's easier said than done, and you might not be quite happy with your mom who passed away and never loved you a certain way, and or maybe someone that, you know, there's only so many different scenarios, but one of the biggest empowering things that we can do is forgiveness, love, and um, let go because it shows that we are a better person. Even if they're in spirit, you're going to be able to help yourself in the, in the living and also help that spirit in, in the uh, afterlife. So this is all significant things. If we don't learn to forgive, if we don't learn to make peace with certain things, we're going to carry that into hopefully not another lifetime. So past life, learn to live it in this life so you don't have to live it again the next one. That's a great commercial. Yes, <laughs> it is. Perfect commercial. I so agree with that. Like all these things that are triggering and traumatizing to us, like even the whole like being shoved, like I knew I got shoved by someone from behind and that's how I fell. And I almost want to say I fell off a castle, like maybe I was a guard or something and someone shoved me off. Um, 
there's so many different things that I'll do to not have a fear of that. Like when I was little, my grandpa would take us out on the airboat. And when we would go out on it, I would sit on the front and I would hold on to the bars and I would close my eyes. And once my eyes were closed and I had all that wind on me and I felt like I was falling, I would let go. And I wouldn't open my eyes. So it was like I would go back into these memories and then be like, my grandpa has me, like my fear on the ground, I'm okay. And I would stop being afraid of it and try to take my power back. Or like there's another funny thing that I do where like if steps are really steep, I'll close my eyes and step down. Like because my hands there on the rail and I'm like holding myself. I know I'm going to be fine. But it's like, I'm like, all right, this is my leap of faith. I'm not going to be afraid of this anymore. And there's like so many things that I do to overcome that. Like, and with the fingers thing, like I had a boss. Like, the last, uh, well, the second to last, like, nine to five I had, um, I was renting a space at a groom shop, and the boss that I had used to work on aircraft and had two of his fingers, like, um, cut off when he was, like, uh, working with some of the equipment there. And mm-hmm. they weren't able to reattach him. So I went, I went in and I had my interview with this guy, you know, like, the thing to do was shake hands here. So I stuck my hand out and went to go shake hands with him and was like, oh, and pulled my hand back so fast. And then I had to go right into the story and explain to him, like, this is not you. This is me. I will get over this. The best way to help me with this is to, like, just not respond to my response. Um, and he was so cool about it. And then he would, like, joke with me and be like, oh, nobody's going to get you. I'm, like, trying to mess with me and stuff at work. And he would tell me, like, all these crazy stories, like, oh, yeah, then I lost it to a Rottweiler. Or then this happened to me when I was a kid. And, like, just the fact that he was so open and the fact that he would, like, story tell and, like, share these experiences with me, even though they weren't things that actually happened, mm-hmm. it took me out of my own trauma. And it made it, like, a fun, exciting thing for me to, like, have someone that was so open and willing to, like, share their story and how mm-hmm. it, like, yeah, and then he was, like, yeah, it happened so fast. It's, like, they're not even gone. Like, I have, like, phantom limb. Like, I know they're still there, and I still use them. But there there wasn't the same association that I had with the, like, the remembering of the sound and the pain association. He was literally, like, it happened so fast. I just looked down. They weren't there, and I went to the hospital. Like, there's no negativity to that to me. So, I mean, his perspective, like, changed my life. So I love what you were saying, too, about, like, facing our fears, like, living through what is traumatizing from the past so that we have a new story base and we're not, you know, cycling. Like how we have cycles in our current reality, we're also pulling cycles from our past realities of things we haven't done, we haven't overcome. It's so important to do those things so we can have these different experiences either when we come back here or when we Absolutely. I think um, a lot of people, I come across this topic, we're going to pick someone for a reading in a minute, but uh, I come across this topic in different groups and um, different places, and a lot of people ask, how do I open my third eye, or how do I go through a spiritual awakening, or how, does, how do I turn this on? And um, there's actually one thing in particular I want to mention, but before I mention it, um, one thing that really did affect my spiritual, it was a part of it. I, w- I was already starting my journey, but it was a part of it that I think kickstarted it even more. Um, asking, asking your spiritual guides or also, you know, any angelic beings, anything that you feel that you need to call on in a positive way and let them know, Hey, I'm ready to start. I'm ready. You know, please help me to ascend. Please help me open my third eye. It's a verbal thing as well. But one of the biggest things I want to add to that was important to me is spiritual stuff. And I I think people misunderstand this. And I, that's why you were talking and I thought about this. Um, spiritual learning and understanding and growth, always this 
meditative state or a spiritual aha moment. Spiritual growth sometimes comes from facing your fears, making a choice, learning, learning something and an experience by going, I'm afraid to do this. And something tells you, don't be afraid. It's all going to work out. And you're like, I'm afraid to do this. Well, don't be afraid. It's all going to work out. And then you go, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then you do it and all works out. That's an experience. You realize that your inner intuition was telling you, go for it. But your, you know, your fears and negativity were holding you back from that. That's, an, that's a growth. That's how we, we work through karma. That's how we work through trauma. That's how we work through um, our fears or um, not letting something bother us anymore. We just face it and go, you know what? No, it's not going to bother me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to. I'm going to go work towards this. I'm going to be successful. Um, I'm going to find my way. But experience and living this life, not everything is going to be this. Oh, spirit said this, and it happened. And I'm, yeah, they're going to have those moments too. But go do this, and you go do it, and it leads you to all this other stuff that you've been waiting for, but they're not going to ruin it and spill the tea and go, Hey, go do this. It's going to bring all this other stuff. Just do it. Go for it. Live the life, live experience. Don't, don't live in a, in a bubble because then you're never really going to know and you're never going to really understand. Um, going through my experiences, I've learned that I wasn't ever a judgmental person, but I used to say things like, oh, look at that car they drove. And, and I used to, you know, my, my ex-girlfriend would say, you don't, you don't know what they're going through. And that's true. And when I started to go through certain things in life, it made me open my eyes to a lot of different things and people, things that they might have experienced that we don't know, things that might, they might be going through that we don't know, things that I might be going through that you don't know. So it opened my eye. And I'm not saying, hey, if you want a spiritual awakening, there's a couple of things that I want to remind you. It's not easy. You're going to have hard times that open your eye to the bigger picture and understand that you're going on this journey for yourself, but it's not always just about you. And that's what's important here. Experience, expansion, facing your fears, and opening your eye to the bigger picture of this world. That's what's important. Um, before I keep rambling on, let's, uh, let's take another caller. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll take area code 804. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. My name is Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia. What's going on, Hugh? Yes. I'm How's everything? Uh, I'm in bliss. <laughs> Enjoying everything you're saying. I hope people will resonate with it. And uh, I'm looking to dumb things down because life is not really that complicated and I say the most valuable lessons we're here to learn are forgiveness, love and prayer and unconditional love. Love is there's two energies, positive and negative. Love is the God energy. That's the most powerful energy there is. We do have free will. We can go either way. So if we go the negative way uh, uh, we're going to have some hard lessons to learn but we can pull ourselves out of it if we just uh, change to that other energy. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like you have a lot of information to share. You have I a do. Lot of, of 
<laughs> so you're you're picking up. I, I people seem to pick up on me. Uh, I, I guess I'm pretty open, but you know I've had quite a bizarre life, which has entailed UFO paranormal near death with ongoing paranormal and very powerful documentable synchronicities. That's something I haven't heard you touch on yet, but we all have them. A lot of people dismiss them as coincidences, but uh, they seem to manifest more and more as you open your third eye or become more spiritually attuned. I had quite an amazing synchronicity yesterday from a phone message I had left a, a couple of weeks ago. I got a call yesterday evening from a gentleman who's 97 years old, and he was the mm. former defense minister for Canada, Paul Hellier. Wow. Who, yeah, he has been talking about the UFO field for uh, decades. <laughs> so, And he had just gotten out of the hospital, but took the time to call me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. He took the time to call you. I um yeah it's not something I used to talk about it on the on the podcast I think it's something that we should bring back on the topic um I haven't had personally a lot of recent synchronicities but during my awakening it used to freak me out because I was having left and right moments um, I remember saying something to my boss because I used to be a professional chef and I used to work there. And he went over the dishes with me, and I was there for a couple months on the second time. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm making this dish. He goes, that's not how we make it. And I said, I wrote it in my notes. I even, this is what it is, A, B, and C. And he goes, no, I never told you that. And I said, I wrote it down. He said, no, this is how you do it, A, B, and D. And I'm just giving you a quick example. And I literally out of nowhere just said, I don't know what's going on. I must be in an alternate universe. And that night I had a synchronicity where – I came across timeline jumping and uh, parallel universes. And I was like, oh, my God. And I had, um, you know, I, I feel like I should ask you this because I feel like you have more information because I never really got a chance to ask someone. And I talk about this to a, quite a few people. I don't think I talked to you about it, Jordan. Um, when I was going through my awakening, I had a specific moment that a bunch of books that I came across out of nowhere that for free, and one of them was Symbolism. And I'm getting into it, and I'm starting to decode the symbol. I don't know how. And I, I looked up at the trees, and I had this, like, hot, very blissful high moment. And I knew right then and there that I felt like I died in an alternate universe. Um, but I felt like I was still here on this plane. Like, I'm still moving forward, but I died there. Do, do you have any uh, information on that? I want to say this. <laughs> you just triggered something in me that I can help you with uh, if you want to either keep my number and call me. Otherwise, if you don't mind, I have identified myself uh, so that people can see my life experiences and I have to keep pinching myself once in a while to uh, see if it's really me. But my last mm -hmm. name already has global recognition in the food service field, and I'm bringing forth strategies that will transform entire industries, restaurants, wineries, oh, and wow. more. So, yeah, so that's where, again, with your openness and uh, heightened awareness, if you, uh, I, again, I could share a big website where you'll see all these things that I've been mentioning, 
and my background and heritage on this particular page. I can share that with your listeners, and then you can follow up with me. I personally don't do email or texting. Everything on the Internet has been put there by people who interact with me. So that's your choice. So you'll allow me to give my information, or if you want to do it privately. Yeah, I, I love that. Share it with everyone listening. Yeah, so I'm going to give three words to Google. It's not a website, but it will bring you to a big website. If you Google my last name, Trollson, that's spelled T like Tom, R-A-U-L, S like Sam, E like Edward, N like Nancy, the second word and, A-N-D, and the third word, Trump, T-R-U-M-P. It will bring you to a page on a website rooting out corruption.weebly.com and as you worked as a chef I don't know how familiar you are with restaurant equipment but Trollson refrigerators are like the Rolls Royce or Cadillac of commercial refrigerators they're all over the world on military installations or in hotels hospitals schools restaurants even in the White House kitchen I'm the firstborn child of the founder and did work for the company for about eight wow. years when I first got out of the Air Force back in 1968. So because of all the bizarre life experiences that I've had uh, and people, you know, it may not seem like I'm successful, but when you look over all the pages on the website, people continually say what you just said, wow. (laughs) And uh, I I believe my father, who started, was the founder of the company, got a lot of uh, financial help and contacts through my mother, who was a supermodel. So just having those two people as parents and the exposure uh, of what they did in their different areas uh, was absolutely phenomenal for learning experiences. And uh, then I had a lot of difficulties where I've sort of been set up in many things and taken advantage of. I've always been a giving person. You'll even see letters from back in the 80s on one of the pages where I outright gave big corporations contacts that they thanked me for and then made millions of dollars and cut me out of the picture. That's what these greedy big corporations tend to do. And that's that's what I'm looking to shift to. There's a whole interview that I did. It should be on one of the pages, but you can pick it up separately on YouTube if you just put Dave interviews Hugh Trolls and Bayside Live TV where I discuss the concept for what I call a Y-Pod which actually stands for your personal opportunity database it's all about empowering self-empowerment through networking and uh, looking to uh, learn seek out mentors and as they bless you, then you can be a blessing to others and just changing yeah. things. Uh, you know, we all have networks. We're born into them. That's called our family, and that's where we mm-hmm. start learning things from our environment. But, again, if you're in a negative environment, uh, I love to give the example. I actually spoke with her, Maya Angelou. If you just look over mm-hmm. the beginning of her life, uh, she had sexual abuse and all kinds of horrible things, and I don't think she got any professional help, but worked it all out through her own spirituality. This is all powerful stuff. I love what you're talking about, Hugh. Yeah, so you're welcome really to keep incredible. my number, and because uh, I'm looking for people like you just to, uh, uh, and I say definitely 
even though I have all this celebrity stuff, the stories aren't all about me, but my life is truly like the poem Footprints in the Sand. And I just wanted to, there's something interesting that you said with your birthmark, because right away that I, I was raised Catholic and I'm not a practicing Catholic at this point and related to religions, I say, as long as they're leading you to your own personal heart to God relationship, they're doing the right thing. But if they're not doing that, mm -hmm. they're just a third party manipulator. And if all the religions on the planet function properly, nobody would be mm -hmm. deprived clean water, food and proper shelter. And any religion that tells you to kill someone's not a religion, it's a terrorist organization. But my faith right. resonates totally with Jesus Christ, who is the second person in the Trinity. You have God mm -hmm. the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So that mm -hmm. sort of ties in with the Trinity triangle you were talking about. And I had a UFO encounter with a triangular uh, UFO, which I believe was a Palladian ship. So there you mm -hmm. might have some Palladian heritage. I actually, I've, I've seen that triangle UFO too. I'm not kidding. Yes, I had that. it uh, at Union Carbide's wall headquarters actually when I was coming into work one night at, at, at the Hudson Valley sightings. And I think they still go on to this day. But, you know, it's, uh, some people say it's reverse engineering, but I uh, I don't have the tape recording, but I had a, a psychic that uh, I was telling about it. And she said, no, that was definitely <laughs> not reverse engineered. No, I'm actually located in the Hudson Valley. What what part? Oh my God! <laughs> You're gonna mm -hmm. see on the big website on the Charleston Trump page information about my mother. She actually was asked and posed as the Blessed Mother for uh, pictures in Our Lady Cedar Wisdom Chapel at Marist College at Poughkeepsie. Oh wow! Yeah, that's right there. And I lived in Brewster, really cool. and I took my uh, daughters. Uh, we went to the Culinary Institute one time when they had the outing there and stuff. So. You know, I'm very familiar. Yeah, that's with the where area. I went to college. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know if they still have Charleston refrigerators or whatever, but with, with that experience, yeah, you should definitely keep in touch with me. It's not difficult at all. But here's something again that I really try and dumb down and get people to pay attention because this COVID-19 is something to really make people pause and look at look back over their life and try and decide what they're going to do as we come out of this, because these jobs that people had, a lot of them are going to disappear. And that's what I'm very concerned about with the global elites, with these billionaires and trillionaires, with what's happening with robotics, automation, and artificial intelligence. They're already automating uh, restaurants, fast food uh, uh, places. So, uh, as these people are getting their stipend round right now to keep them going, uh, very soon uh, they might be out on the street again completely unless they start self-empowering. And, and the stuff that I do is not ego-based. It's not centralized. So that's where I'm plugging up the money pipelines to the elites and bringing transparency back to where it has to go to force them to change their ways or be dealt with legally. No, I agree with you. I love everything you're saying. Hugh, I, I got your number down. I'm going to keep in touch with you and give you a call 
uh, sometime next week to give a, have a chat with you. I love, I love your energy and I love what you have to share and I want to hear more about it. All right. Yes. I appreciate that. And on that Charleston Trump page, I just want to have people take a listen to the interview that was done by one of the most talented people on the planet. Who's my muse or after Hugh Charleston, you can put unlimited life, unconditional love. I was interviewed by Dame Nicole Brandon, who's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, which the movie The Secret was based upon. That's Jack Campion's oh. organization, the Chicken Soup Books. And there's a YouTube of her on the Charleston Trump page where it was being heard discussed uh, coming into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame for the seventh time. That's just the very tip of the iceberg of what yeah. she's all about. She's a superwoman. Very cool. I appreciate your time. Well, I thank you for taking the call. It's people helping people. Stay in gratitude and what you can't handle, let go and let God. But the faith has to be rock solid. If it is, you'll see your way through anything. So, And pray for the world that we need. That will help raise the consciousness. So don't uh, look at God as a Santa Claus, but just be in gratitude for what you have and pray for those less fortunate. And we'll, we'll get there. Uh, take action, though. Don't just Think about it, wait for things to happen. You have to do things. That's how you learn from the positive and negative experiences. So thank you once again, both of you. You're very welcome. Have a good night. Wow. Really great, Greg. That was incredible. There was so much, too, about the light languages and the the similarity of the path the two of you are on, too, especially with the um, Pallades and being able to pull that in and getting information from him. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my mind was just, like, blown. Like, I kept going to all these different places I've never even been before. <laughs> it, it settled my energy, too. Like, I feel so calm right now. Like, that was that was truly incredible. I am um, definitely going to give him a call. I, I'm grateful that he called in and, and got to share that. A lot, oh, a lot yeah. of talking about synchronicities a lot of synchronicities going on with his career my my career and and Mm -hmm. topics about alien stuff i can't wait to pick his pick his mind on uh on experiences and what he thinks and that's really cool uh jordan what else is on your mind i just wanted to tell him something if he's still listening really quick um there was a message that came through from a woman she felt like a significant other to him and she said that there was an apology that was coming through for the misunderstanding between the two of them whatever that is um it's his knowledge he'll have that he'll know that um she just wants to offer the apology like she understands now that was the thing that i got from her all right as long as you got it out there Oh, yeah. Got to get it out. It's going to bother me for days. I'm going to go on his website. We're going to tell him on his website. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening who have been enjoying the uh, the comedy, the spiritual advice, the experiences, the topics, um, follow through with the episode description. You can find Jordan on her Facebook page, uh, Day in the Life. We mm-hmm. I also have my Facebook page, A Millennial's Third Eye. And we have our, our spiritual groups as well. Hers is gifted. Look for the owl photo. And mine is I, all things spiritually ascending. So check us out. Feel free to reach us, you know, message us. If there's any specific topics you want to talk about or hear about, uh, we're here for you. And we want to spread any uh, knowledge or things that we can give that you may need to hear. Uh, Other than that, Jordan, I think we're going to wrap it up. I agree. This was an absolutely incredible podcast. I love tonight. Leaving it in a beautiful energy. We do have uh, next Friday, we're going to be discussing Twin Flames, what to look out for, what they're about, 
maybe also soulmates and um, karmic ties, Mm -hmm. things that we want to discuss and share with you that will help you better understand what you're on the journey for and um, is it a twin flame or not. And I, I, someone had asked me what, what was the reason why we came up with that topic. And I said, I don't know, you know, we're just coming up with ideas that people would like to hear about. And um, my friend said, well, there's a lot of people that are connecting to their twin flames at this time. So I thought that was interesting too. Um, other than yeah, the that, whole portal yesterday was like a whole twin flame awakening, you know, being on a parallel plane, finally getting all the work done and pulling each other together. So we actually take that as the perfect time to do that for next week. It's really I think, cool. Yeah. That's uh, divine timing at its best. Right. Without further I ado, I want to thank everyone for joining us on this episode. We look forward to hearing from you uh, next week. And I hope you have a great weekend and a great Friday. And if you ever want to book a session with us, uh, Jordan, Jordan, what do you offer? Let them know. Um, multiple different readings. Usually I do it five times because I never know what's going to come through. Um, I usually try to keep it geared towards spirit, spirit messages, connections with family, removing blockages, things of that nature. Um, so I have like a 30 minute session. I have an hour session. I just posted new sessions with Joe where you get us both. Those are going to be incredible. I'm so looking forward to you guys looking those too. I love reading beside him. I love the connection. I love that we get very similar messages and the perspectives and, uh, it blows my mind being able to read with you. So I'm really excited about those too. Um, I do have past life readings on my page as well. Uh, I, think that, I think that's about it. And then the mentorship. Awesome. Yeah, we do offer uh, a dual reading if you're interested to get a reading from both me and Jordan. Um, that is $100. I believe we're going to be doing that on Zoom or a phone call. I'm not sure. Yeah, Zoom or phone, whatever works out. I'm down with it. Um mm-hmm. For me, I offer mentorship sessions as well. If you're looking to connect more to your intuition, spiritual guides, or your spiritual gift, or sometimes people just want to talk, or some people want to work through their shadow working. It's all about your goal in each session. I offer 30-minute readings and an hour-long reading. Free to reach out to us. If you're not sure what exactly best fits you, uh, we're going to give you the best of our abilities to direct you. Sometimes people come to me and go, Joe, you know, I need a reading with this. And I say, that's not for me, but I can direct you to someone like Jordan, so same. <laughs> reach out. Don't be uh, don't be a stranger. We're we're other people in the world, and um, the best thing that I like to share with everyone is that we're not just someone on Instagram that you can't you can message but never get a reply back. I message you back, I get back to you, and so will Jordan. But um, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Jordan, same to you. You as well. Blessings to all of you. Yeah, all right, everyone. Have a good night. Dear Heavenly uh, Spirit, Spirit, thank you. Uh, thank you for providing us with the direct port nitrous uh, injection. Four core intercoolers and ball bearing turbos and um, titanium valve springs. Thank you. Amen. Amen.